Welcome to the program, listener. Tyler Frio with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. This is Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, and nonprofits in the area. Today, our conversation is with Tom Verostick of Q3 Capital Management. Tom, welcome back to the studio. Good to see you. Glad to see you're feeling better, too. too. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. As always, uh, with the Let's Talk program, we like to remind the listeners of the ways that you guys can listen to the program. We are going to be around for a full half hour. So if you can't stick around for that 30 minutes, don't worry. You can go online, WISR680.com. Just look under the programs page and you can find Let's Talk and find today's conversation with Q3 Capital Management. Also, you're able to find us on uh, on the streaming platforms, downloading the WISR mobile app. And if you are a Spotify user, we are now there as well. You can search for WISR, Let's Talk, and find all of our programs. And again, today's conversation with Q3 Capital Management. And before we get things started, we do have a legal disclaimer that we have to throw out there. And if you haven't listened to our conversations before uh, with Tom uh, on the uh, Let's Talk program, again, we're here not making any investment advice. Uh, these are just a discussion about the uh, economy today and what the markets are doing today. Uh, and once again, securities and advisory services are offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. So, Tom, with all of that out of the way, uh, let's just start in case listeners uh, may not be a bit familiar with Q3 Capital management if you just want to describe a little bit about what you guys do and where you guys are located yeah we're located i'll start with that we're we're in wexford and um and and what we do is uh, you know starting with basic financial planning and but all, all the way up to portfolio management um and particularly for you know baby boomers and i'm 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 the last Three months of that of that generation, believe it or not, um, I think it's still about ten thousand on average retiring every year. Um, yeah, I think it, one thing that that we've been doing more recently in recent years, I think, is uh, it's really really critical is uh, some social security claiming strategies. You know, just trying to figure out how you optimize that for you if you're married, your spouse, the combination of the two. You know, there's there's a lot of things that uh, a lot of elections that you, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a few elections that could make a difference. Mm. And I think it just, it pays to be deliberate. So it's one thing we've been, been, uh, I think, uh, becoming more specialized in. We actually have an outside expert that we bring in. Guy actually wrote the book on it. Um, not, and, not just a phrase. He actually wrote the book. Correct. On it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wrote a book about social security. So we, we lean on him and, and he's been really helpful, but but that's that's inter, integral to a financial plan, especially at retirement. Uh, and you're kind of transitioning from a, an accumulation stage to a to a distribution stage, and and it's it's you know obviously managing market risks, but also just you know building that income that you're tr- you're trying to replace mm-hmm. effectively. So um, yeah, so so as far as what we do is you know financial plan all the way through to the actual implementation and managing assets. As for where people can reach out and try to contact you, what are the best ways to do that? Well, there's, uh, most people like email these days. Mm. So that's, you know, Tom at Q3capital.net. So that's pretty quick and easy, short. <laughs> uh, uh, and our website is, again, www.q3capital.net. So you just put Tom at the front of that and, and you've got me in an email. Um, we do have phones. We still use those too. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that's seven two four nine four zero three nine two seven. So that's that's our uh, our line. Um, but yeah, 
That's uh, we're, we're this is I, I particularly enjoy the 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 complex process that I think everybody is facing these days. Uh, you know, we haven't seen inflation um, like this in forty years. Now it's come down uh, in the past year, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's been a little angry at the Fed for for raising interest rates. But in my view, they've they've done their job. They've cont- sort of contained uh, inflation. And, uh, you know, the thing about inflation we're not really familiar with because most of, most, most of the modern day, we have not seen it. We've seen very low inflation and with it very, very low ch- interest rates, cheap money. Mm-hmm. You know, borrow money for car or house and it's really low. It was really low uh, cost to borrow. And now this is, I think, for a lot of people, including the U.S. government, um, unfamiliar territory uh, for, you know, just higher interest rates, cost of borrowing. Um, so the cost of living, you have to kind of figure that into as well. That That is, does kind of absorb or, or translate the uh, the inflation into, you know, real costs of, higher costs of borrowing. And I don't think that's really going away anytime soon. So let's talk, let's start with inflation. As you mentioned, it's coming down. Mm-hmm. In terms of numbers, I mean, do we have specific numbers that indicate that we are seeing things trend down? Uh, is there a percentage out there that we've seen inflation fall by? Yeah, I think we just saw the year the the annualized at three point seven percent, which is considerably better than the you know, high single digits we we, we were experiencing a year ago. Um, and I think that was I think everybody will agree that was all brought on by higher oil prices um, back in twenty twenty one. And that that domino effect just went through and, and around and around, um, eventually settling in wages. So you, you're seeing everyone, you know, not everyone, but most people have found a way to, you know, make more money. Make more money, they, but just by by pure you know, need to to survive. Um, and uh, you know, that's again the thing that hasn't that doesn't reverse. You know, if inflation comes down, all that means is. Here going forward, things are not going to get more, more expensive. And that's what I was going to ask because you go to the store. It just happened to me the other day. I forget where I was at. Starting wages, $17 an hour in some sort of food type of industry. And so you mm-hmm. sit there and go, okay, well, $17 an hour. Feel like we're going to have to take on that cost. So when I hear right. reports of inflation coming down, is that going to be passed on to the consumer? Like as a consumer, are we going to see that significantly uh, or is there just a lot of nuance when it comes to this? Yeah, well, I think that that's that's a bit deceiving. You're right. It 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 you you hear these numbers that are coming down, but they're not going. What, what would need to happen for for prices to be more affordable would be a disinflation or deflation. That is a, a negative, uh, in which usually you you don't see that until some kind of a recession or or a deeper recession, which we have not seen. So, you know, surprisingly, the, uh, I think I just saw the number on retail sales that was still strong, you know, so that, that indicative of the consumer still spending money. And that's the thing that I don't, and I remember, I think, talking to you either earlier this year or even late last mm-hmm. year, is that there just seems to be so many unique economic trends happening right now mm-hmm. that even though gas prices went higher, even though interest rates were flying, you saw things like strong consumer spending and a low unemployment rate. Mm-hmm. Has this happened before? Do we have a history lesson where we can go back and say these decisions have led to this certain market that we're seeing? 
I, I, not that I can tell. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not seen that in the playbook before. And, um, you know, you, you may, lend, you know, I think that speaks to, uh, the only thing I can figure is productivity. We have, we have definitely made, made huge improvements in worker pro- productivity. And so the, the, the spending comes from that. There's an efficiency from that. But at the same time, we have also record high credit card debt. Mm. So there's that too. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, a le- there's a leverage out there that's not good, especially at the, the interest rates on uh, credit cards. So, you know, levering uh, your spending is not necessarily a good long-term habit. For the inflation in the in the moves that the Fed made in order to try to bring that down by increasing interest rates, you said you think this has worked. Do you think where do you think the Fed goes from here now? Well, they've indicated because of the inter, uh, inflation has come down, um, it's not quite at the uh, the two percent mark, which is their ideal, um, but it's uh, very close. And and again, I think that's where there's some complacency coming in uh, as far as investors go, that they believe that, okay, this is all good. Fed's going to stop raising interest rates. Um, you know, it, w- you know whether they have another quarter point or not is is somewhat irrelevant at this point. It's, yeah. they, they raised by 500 basis points. That's translated to 5% over the past uh, year and a what, half. What is the number at exactly right now? I think we have five and a quarter okay. to five and a half is, is where it is. And so which is what you're seeing in, in a lot of uh, money markets, uh, also offering investors a, an alternative to risky investments. You can yeah. go right into short-term duration type cash, cash equivalent, paying, uh, you know, five or, or a little bit more. That's not, a, that's gonna, it's not gonna last. It's not a permanent thing, but for the time being, again, that that's another dynamic is, is investors now can say, well, I might get, let's say, you know, 10% over a decade um, with a whole lot of volatility in stocks, or I can be not volatile <laughs> and lock get, in. get a lock in. Yeah. And, and some of the longer term, you know, we've had an inverted uh, yield curve, which just means that the longer you go out in, in, in the duration of the bond, you know, uh, three, five, 10 year, 10 year treasury, it's been lower than the short term. You know, money markets, mm-hmm. uh, the yield. So, um, and and obviously, in it, anytime you want to go onto the internet and see what a <laughs> yield, a, an inverted yield means, it mean usually means a recession. And and we've been seeing an inverted yield for the past year and a half. So we haven't seen a recession either. So and, and that seems to be Tom one of the bigger. And again, we're here at Tom Verostek Q3 Capital Management. That seemed to be the one thing. Mm-hmm. If you watched any economist on television over the last year it felt like there was this recession 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 smaller and then they they talked about the soft landing mm-hmm. is the soft landing happening are we experiencing that right now or is there still this threat of a recession that's looming out there well you know that's uh the be- so the, so this is where it gets you, you get to the uh, what I call the artists and the scientists <laughs> in, as far as market goes, yeah. and what I've I've come to learn over my thirty three years um, in this business is the, the the bond man the bond investors are the scientists they they deal with facts they deal with real numbers 
and the artists are are the the stock investors. Meaning, uh, it, it, there's no right answer. There's no uh, specific one thing or set of things in particular that that might give you you know 100 percent assurance or, or high probability that a certain stock or a sector could be you know looking good into the future i mean yes there's there's methodologies but i would say that the bond managers and the bond market and interest rates are a really good source for where the rest of the, the market and the economy are going that's what i have discovered over time is 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 it is it fail safe no but and, and and this Generally is an example speaking, yeah. of you know the the inverted yield curve not being 100. It 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 was ind- indicative of a recession coming. We haven't seen it. Could we still see it? Yes. Um, I think, uh, like I said, we're we're in unprecedented times. We have some things going on that we haven't seen um, in a long time, and the dynamics, such as increased productivity, are different than than where they were 40 years ago, last time we saw inflation like this. Well, let's talk about workforce, too, because yeah. you mentioned you're in the boomer generation, mm. and there was a long time in the country's history where the boomer generation made up a majority of the workforce. Mm-hmm. As that generation starts to move to retirement, is that also something that is playing a role where folks in my generation and even younger, there's just not as many bodies to fill positions in the workforce? Well, certainly that's been a challenge. Um, in, in terms of hiring, uh, no doubt, and um, you know, we, at the same time, uh, if you're if you're in that that next generation or several generations uh, coming up, your oppor- I think your opportunities are, are so much more than, than they were for for us, yeah. um, uh, for sure. I maybe it's the speed of information um, also that that uh, that gen- this next generation enjoys uh, in terms of just. The opportunities and knowing where 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 to go and position yourself, but yeah, it just it seems like there is a shortage. Even though uh, from from what I understand, at least that next generation is as big as the the baby boomers, or maybe even a little bit bigger. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, I did read that along the way somewhere that that there there is a sizable, which There's is re- still enough of a workforce, right? There, right, know? and that's that's well, that's a whole nother like. <laughs> area like demographics, but that's actually pretty huge. I mean, how about that for a good two-word uh, descriptor? <laughs> pretty huge. <laughs> well, okay, let me let me rephrase that. Significant. Um, if you look at countries um, like China or you know India or Europe as a whole, or you know, yep. so yeah, there's definitely some demographics that are favorable or less favorable. China definitely less favorable for their future because of they they've had a one child rule for so long, even though they're the uh, second largest uh, country in the world, I think around a billion, uh, a billion. India's got 1.3. Uh, that, that may be, you know, there's probably a new number on that, but I'm sure I'm close. Generally speaking. Yeah. 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 India, I think could be, uh, that's, that's what I'm hearing, reading, you know, they're, they're going to be the force to reckon with. Sleeping giant. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it just goes to, to the fact that they're, productivity, their demographics, you know, there's a, a more people behind those that are retiring. So, yeah. so you know, I, I'd say we're not in dire straits um, here okay. in the United States, for sure, um, because we, we've, we've had that. Uh, you know, you kind of have to go to the birth rate and look at yeah. that. Europe, not, not so good either, mm-hmm. right? I think their birth rate is um, kind of breaking even or less. Actually, it's less. Um, 
last time I checked. So, so uh, yeah, that that's that's been. Uh, I think our future is good, which is also speaking to Social Security, right? Because that whole system is based on current wages. Yeah. Right? So if you don't have people working in the future or current wages, then you have no way, no means to fund those benefits. Yeah. So again, talking Tom Verosta, Q3 Capital Management. Let's go back to this year. Mm-hmm. What did we see in Q3, and how does the table look here for Q4 when you're talking about the market overall? Well, yeah, it's, uh, this has been an interesting year, and um, at the same time, the, the best way I can, uh, I can identify why the market is up when, you know, just six, seven months ago, we had, what, three or four significant bank failures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, one, in, one of the biggest ones in, in Europe— um, and a couple here in the United States, and yet the market's up, the risky assets are up, um, you know, the, the technology and, and those kind of things, growth that basically suffered last year in 2022. So how do you, how do you make sense of that? Um, and I actually think that's, that could be a real whiplash for a lot of investors because, you know, value stocks did well in 2022, growth got slammed, and the kind of the reverse value hasn't been slammed this year, but hasn't really produced. Can much. you give me uh, listeners an example of what a value stock would be? Yeah. Uh, you know, these are, these are slow growth companies. Um, you know, an example would be Johnson and Johnson, maybe okay. um, Procter and Gamble, those that they make money, uh, yeah. they're profitable. They have a PE ratio and, and they probably pay a dividend to investors. Yeah. Whereas growth companies could be, you know, uh, Google would be an example. A lot of your tech companies. Yeah, tech companies, right. Yeah. Uh, they're, not, they're not paying necessarily. Although Microsoft, I think, is now in recent years, they've been paying dividends. But, uh, but generally, they're looking to grow uh, the top line um, at, at a robust rate. And so that's, those tend to be more speculative uh, in terms of their product acceptance in the market. So, yeah. So yeah. And don't, don't we have to go just back a couple of years ago where those tech companies were getting slammed on the market? Am I right saying that? Yeah. Uh, well, they tend to be volatile. Period. You yeah. know, in, in the tougher years, they 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 tend to lead on the way down, and at the same time, on the rebound, they tend to lead on the way up. Mm. Yeah. So it's not a, not a not a outrageous um, generalization to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fair statement. So uh, obviously, there's a lot happening in the, in the world, and it feels like over the last three years, there's some sort of happening that forces the market to move one way or the mm-hmm. other as we set the table here uh, for the fourth quarter as we're looking at the end of the year are there any trends or is there anything that we're seeing right now that could indicate where the market's going to move here in the final three months yeah and I, I'm, I, I'm sorry i didn't answer your last question in terms of th- the third quarter and the fourth quarter kind of leading up yeah, to this yeah. question so this uh we, we saw the market uh peak on july 28th um in August, September, we've been basically in a downtrend channel uh, ever since. Um, we kind of, you know, literally you could take you know, two lines at the top and bottom of, of the chart of, of the S&P 500, and you'd have a channel, basically a, a, a tubular-looking thing slanting downward. And basically, it's, it's it, you know, last week was, uh, it came down to the very bottom of that channel, you know, the markets tend to, traders tend to go in and start buying at that point. Yeah. I guess that's the best thing. But yeah, um, again, statistically, historically, 
August, September, um, in, in this part of the cycle, um, tend to be some of the worst months, even in a good year like this. Um, those tend to be some of the worst months. And tr- true to form, after that, October tends to be pretty good. Now, we all know that some of the worst market crashes have occurred in October, right? <laughs> so everybody has it in their mind that October is a bad month to invest, when in fact, um, those aside, those those um, couple extraordinary yeah. events aside, it it generally has a, a positive uh, uh, trend, uh, particularly in this in this kind of a maybe pre-election year. Um, so I think you know we could you know we could see a little more volatility next week or so. And, and, and likely, again, these are just statistics, likely um, history has shown that we'll get a, a year-end rally. Does, does retail play a role into that as people are a little bit maybe more active around this time of year? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a seasonal thing here. Um, there's, there's quite a few seasonal things, actually. <laughs> what you just mentioned, certainly the, the most spending occurs uh, leading up to Christmas. The, the retail, this is their make or break time of the year. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just kind of hanging in there. Uh, generally, uh, retail will will just kind of get along and, until that this last quarter, and and this is where they make their money. Um, also, if you've heard of the term you know, "sell in May, go away," uh, it, it that that sort of like you know statistically, the market doesn't do particularly well from from May and uh, through September. It kind of takes the summer off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and and again, this is a very long term statistic. Um, the best months are, are, you know, October through April. Um, generally that's the, the six strong six months of the year. So you combine, you know, you're kind of overlapping. You have the strongest six months, probably because of the, the, uh, they also refer to it as the Halloween rally, you know, just after and leading up to Christmas. Um, so those are, those are overlapping, I, I suppose. And, and some of that momentum might carry into a little bit of next year to, you know, depending on where we are in the cycle, but, um, you know, one thing I, I, we've definitely noticed and, and sort of um, definitely taken taken note and, and, and position accordingly is even you can just look in the last 10 years that, um, you know, uh, election years, and I'm not talking just presidential, I'm talking midterm. Um, it's basically the even years. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, they have been uh, very challenging um, and translated market doesn't like uncertainty. So with uncertainty of, of either a midterm or a presidential election, market tends to be a little jittery. Um, it's it's not uh, down to the month and day in terms of you know those years. Believe it or not, there's actually some some really um, uh, for me surprising um, occurrences of, of rallies where it just doesn't make sense within that. Um, but but definitely the last ten years, that behavior has really matched. Um, about a hundred year history. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, about a hundred year. That's a lot of data. It, it, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, and you might say, well, is it, is it relevant though? Right. It's been, you know, that long. And, yeah. and I think, um, you know, statistics are, are good for at least in my view, guardrails, you know, kind of give you some parameters for which certain things are likely to happen. Yeah. doesn't guarantee them. Um, but, but for sure you, you can use statistics, um, and, and, and other things as well. Um, you know, we're, I think we're, you know, it used to be, you couldn't predict the weather right now. <laughs> it's We've got a lot better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, 
taking uh, a lot of uh, models and, and out, I'm sure they're using algorithms and, and, the, and AccuWeather and that kind of thing. Which, by the way, I didn't know this until recently. AccuWeather was invented at Penn State. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So one of the one of the top uh, meteorology class uh, majors or, or studies in the country. So yeah, they're definitely um, they're getting on, it right. On the, exactly, it is amazing how often they not to divert, but it is amazing how often they get the weather right. I know we lament the days that they get it wrong, but sure, it right. seems like there's so many factors that are in play. That yes, it's crazy. Yes. So and then factors at play in an election year, mm-hmm. <laughs> back to the stock market, mm-hmm. and back to investments. It almost feels like maybe statements by candidates can change how people are feeling on a day-to-day basis. Do you ever see really specific volatility like that where somebody may say something and, and rock the boat a little bit? Um, honestly, I, 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 I would, you would think that would be the case, but um, those are, in, in my view, the market at the end of the day, every single day, it bakes in all the news. Okay, so in in my view, does does a statement? Yeah, it could. It can. It could if it's extreme enough, or or, or it's favorable enough in, for that candidate. It yeah. might change things. But um, it, it's also interesting. Just again, not getting into specific parties. I, 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 this is purely just a, about uncertainty. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and not really, you know. Honestly, I don't. I don't. I try and try to turn all the noise off because. <laughs> I've found that it, it is not very helpful, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do believe that that all the news each day is baked in. You know, the market determines where it should be based on that that news. Um, now, obviously, as as things may may accumulate over time, the news just continues to get worse and worse. Then 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 you start to see that again baking into to the market. Uh, there's just so many factors, and and I think if you get caught in, you zero in. We have a tendency to zero in, in on the things that we identify with, mm-hmm. and then we place a value on that, and and translate to that to investing, which I found is is probably the it's just not effective. Yeah. You know, it's it's an easy trap to f- fall into as an investor, and I found that that the the best. Uh, methodology is to get into uh, you know some we, we we do use a good bit of statistical information we're, we're using also mathematical um, and, and and even these days uh, you know some of the research we buy is uh, you know algorithm based or um, you know even even AI believe it or not uh, you know in terms of bringing some information yeah. that might be helpful. But again, there's just a lot of factors. And I think to try to gauge any, even a headline or a news or, or you'll tend to have a bias. Um, and obviously these days, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of bias even out there and you have to wonder yourself, well, am, am I sort of being pulled based on what I'm, what I read will, will to some degree determine what's fed into my say smartphone, right. Or my yeah. television. Right. So you, you just have to be careful with that. And I think, Again, just uh, you know, tr- try not to fall into the trap of, of 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 letting your own bias dictate how you invest. Um, and I've seen this time and again, where you know, occasionally we get a call from a client say, you know, I'm feeling really bad about this or that. Right now, you you definitely could make that case. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I haven't had more phone calls or, uh, about that. But at the same time, you uh, in the past having conversations. Uh, you know, you can look back the last 20 years and pick a time and say, 
should never invest again, yeah. right? <laughs> I should never invest again. And yet here we are. Um, you know, that would have been exactly the wrong thing to do. So in the end, you, have to, you do have to believe that, that um, the market um, and the economy uh, here uh, and globally uh, will remain strong. Why? Because not, not only does every, you know, we all get up every day to make a living and you know, feed our families and, and you know, grow. Um, but I always, <laughs> I always say every CEO gets up every day regardless of what's going on yeah. in, in Washington or really anywhere else. And they try to try to figure out how to maximize the, the their shareholders return. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that, that little the bit core of greed. principle philosophy has never changed in regards to that. Right. Yeah. So Tom, our time has actually wrapped up. So oh. <laughs> if you could once again, give uh, folks just uh, the rundown of information of how they can reach out to you and what are the best ways to contact you? Yeah, I think the best way, uh, feel free to reach out in, in an email. It's tom at q3capital.net. That's like third quarter, um, q3capital.net. And uh, Tom Verostick, as always, we appreciate you making the time. Thank you, Tyler. Once again, uh, just as a legal note, securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. If you miss any of our program, we always have it online, WISR680.com. You've been listening to Let's Talk right here on WISR.